Here on today's broadcast of Graceful Truth, our teacher and pastor Steve Converse reminds us of our hope of heaven, the preciousness of it. Do you know that your outer man is decaying? I mean, you can try to fix it up as much as you want, (laughs) okay? But sooner or later, you're going to be decrepit. You're going to look decrepit. That's just a fact of life. That's what's going to happen. And you can plaster all the makeup you want on your face. It's not going to make any difference eventually. Because the Bible says that this outer man is is, is fading away. But you know what? Our inner man is being renewed day by day, he says. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comprehension or comparison. In other words, what awaits us in heaven can't even compare to what awaits us or what what we deal with on on a daily basis here. From Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, this is Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Greetings in Christ and welcome to our broadcast. We're continuing our look at the preciousness of heaven. The hope that we have as Christians, we do have something to look forward to beyond this life. And it should change the way that you and I live our lives on a daily basis here. Please join us for today's broadcast of Graceful Truth now. Once again, our teacher and pastor from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, is Pastor Steve Converse. Well, it's interesting to me that when you talk about the third heaven, there's certain things that have been counted as precious, and they're already there. And I've listed them for you there in your notes. The first thing that's precious, that should make heaven precious to us, is because what resides there, first of all, is our Father. Our Heavenly Father resides there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It says, pray then in this way, Jesus said, our Father who what? Art where? In heaven. Okay, well, he's not talking about the air. He's not talking about the stars. He's talking about the third heaven. He's talking about where God himself dwells. Hallowed be thy name. Our Father dwells there. Father, our Father is in heaven. And in a very real sense, the one who is the source of everything for us, God himself, is in heaven. Well, secondly, not only is our Father in heaven, but our Savior is in heaven. Jesus Christ is in heaven. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 said, For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but what? Into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. All right, he's our mediator. He's the one that's up there at the right hand of the Father. So beware the next time you are shaving and you say, wow, Jesus appeared to me. (laughs) Jesus is in heaven. That's where he's at. So our Father's in heaven. Our Savior's in heaven. This is a blessed thing. Our brothers and sisters in Christ are in heaven. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23, says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Not only is our Father in heaven, our Savior in heaven, but our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the faith, are in heaven. Old Testament saints are there. New Testament saints are there. Everyone's there. Everyone who has died in Christ or had faith in God in the Old Testament is in heaven. I wasn't always taught that. I was taught that people in the Old Testament go to this other place, Abraham's bosom or whatever they called it. And It's really not, from what I see, Scripture. I think people absent from the body, present with the Lord. So our brothers and sisters in Christ are in heaven. In Luke chapter 10, 
It's very interesting. In verse 20, and you don't have to look up all these verses. I put the references there, but you can look them up later. It says this, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, referring to his disciples who were casting out demons, but rejoice that what? Your names are recorded in heaven. Not only our Father, our Savior, our brothers and sisters in Christ, but our names as believers are recorded in heaven. That's kind of interesting to me. That God's already taken role. And our name is there if we've trusted in Christ. What does that mean? It means that we have a title deed to some property there. That's what it means. It's kind of like some of you probably own maybe property or have a title deed to some property. Maybe in Arizona or back back east or midwest or wherever you know you came from and you have this deed and it has your name on it and it has the property location on it and probably at any time you could take that deed and you could go back there to a real estate agent and say hey here's a deed to my property i want to sell it he doesn't look at you and say well who are you he looks at the paper that you give him the title deed and he says oh okay you're you're mr swanson you're mr simon you're whoever you are your name's on this and this property surely is you so if you want to sell it you can sell it it's your property well, that's the same thing as having our name recorded in heaven. It's a title deed to some property there. You didn't know you own property, did you? Not even in California. You own it in heaven. I mean, what a better place. I mean, you know, big thing is to own property in California. That's nothing. That's nothing to what awaits us in glory. Our names are written down. We're citizens of that place. Fifthly, not only our Father, Savior, brothers, sisters, our names, but the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says that our inheritance is in heaven. That's where it awaits us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. Why, why is that? I mean, think of all those... Uh, Words to describe that. It's imperishable. Yeah, there's nothing here on earth that's imperishable. Undefiled. Won't fade away. It's reserved. Where? In heaven for you. That's what it says. And who's reserving it? God himself. God himself is reserving it. You ever gone out to eat and you put your, your name in and you get to the restaurant and you say, yeah. oh yes, we have uh, appointments at 6.30. Oh, name, converse. You know, and you have maybe a group of people with you and you're, <laughs> I call the head, you know. And the lady behind the counter or the man is, oh, sorry, sir, you're not on the list. Talk about an embarrassing situation. It's like, well, wait a minute, what do you mean? You know, I'm not on the list. I called and, no, you must have the wrong day, whatever. Well, we'll see if we can maybe find you a table. We, you know, it's kind of an embarrassing, it's not going to happen. When we get to heaven, it's going to be, yep, right here. If you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you have a place reserved. Your inheritance is there. And it's never going to fade away. All the riches of God's glory and his grace are set aside for you and me and all who put their faith and trust in Christ. And they're there in heaven. They're not here. They're just not here. So when someone passes on and they know the Lord, our first thing is that, ah, gee, I wish. No. Praise God. I mean, would it be that we would sit here this morning and say, man, I hope I'm next. What have you heard a Christian say that? Yeah, oh God, I hope you take me next. See, we lose our perspective of what awaits us. We really do. I mean, we get more excited about going on a vacation than we do about going to heaven. We've lost our perspective. The world has skewed our perspective. So our inheritance is there. Also, our citizenship is there. Philippians 3.20, the Apostle Paul says, Our citizenship is in where? Heaven. From where also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is there. We're citizens of that place. We belong there. 
Probably most of us here this morning are probably citizens of Redwood City. We probably live within the city limits of Redwood City. That makes us citizens of Redwood City. Now, you can choose to respond to that in one of two ways. You can look at your citizenship and say, man, I've got to change this city and I'm going to get involved and just, you know, go down to City Hall at every meeting and just, you know, constantly let your voice be heard and, and all sorts of things going. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'll tell you what, that doesn't motivate me. Because <laughs> I'm looking at it going, oh, okay, you know what? I mean, I know I'm a citizen here, but really I'm not. <laughs> Everybody's in, going crazy about presidential election that's so far off. And, oh, what's going to happen if... You know what? You know, you know what's going to happen? I can tell the future. I'll tell you right now who's going to win the election. The person who the Lord wants to be president will be president. And nobody else. It's that simple. Well, then you say, well, do you just not get involved? No, I'm not saying that. I think every good Christian should be registered to vote and practice their citizenship duties and go down and vote for the best possible candidate, however you are so inclined. But you know what? There's not going to be the day after God up in heaven going, oh no, what do I do now? It's not going to happen. See, and sometimes we get so involved in this world, we think, boy, our citizenship's here. And beloved, it's not. It's in heaven. That's what we should, we should be more concerned about who's going to be in heaven than who's going to be the president of the United States. But I'll tell you what, I talk to the average Christian, that's the last thing on their mind. We all live next, we all live next to neighbors, probably don't even know their name, half of them. We don't know if they're going to heaven or hell. We just kind of go on our life and do our thing and it doesn't concern us. Why? Because I think we got our, our skewed view of, of where our citizenship truly is. I told you that when we were away at the men's retreat, and John talked about it too, is he asked the question, if, if this were the last day or even the last week in your life, what would you do with it? It really depends on, I think, where you're at in life. It depends on where you're at with your physical health. It depends on where you're at in a lot of different things. Because we get so focused on this world... You know, we forget that, you know, there is a real place called heaven, but there's also a real place called hell. And it's very real. And it's not where the buddies go to party, and that's not it. It's the total absence of God. And it's a place where the Bible describes it as a burning place for eternity. Where the flesh never really burns up, you just feel the effects of the fire. If you've ever been burned, even on your finger or, or on a stove or whatever, just a slight burn. You know how much th that sensation hurts. You know how much that can cripple you just not to be able to do certain things. Can you imagine your whole body being engulfed in flames, sensing that terror, that horror, plus not being able to cry out to God any longer, nobody around, just hearing the, the wailing and gnashing of teeth the Bible describes it as. Utter torment. And we're not talking, well, I can hold out for a couple of days. We're talking for eternity, beloved. This is eternity we're talking about. We're talking about your eternal soul. You know, someone once asked somebody, made a proposition to him, and they said, uh, you know, you have two good eyes, right? Yeah. I'll give you a million dollars for your right eye. Just let me have it. I need it. I'm willing to pay you a million dollars if you give me your eye. I don't know about you, but I thought about that, and I thought, there's no way. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not giving up my eye, even though I got another one. I'm not, uh, why? Because it's precious to us. It's precious to us. See, the, the soul of a man or a woman is precious to God. It should be precious to us. We need to get our mind off of things down here and, and begin to think eternally and begin to realize that, you know what, there is a place called heaven, there's also a place called hell. And we need to do everything we can within our power to prevent people from going to hell. And that's to share the gospel, to share the good news of Christ. If you're here this morning and you, you, you've yet to put your faith, your trust in Christ, what are you waiting for? It's a no-brainer. 
It's not like rocket science. It's, okay, heaven, eternal bliss with God, all your sins forgiven, even supernatural help to live with the trials here on earth, or hell, eternity, totally removed from God. As a just payment for your sins, you're going to be doomed to hell forever. Total absence from God, burning fire, sulfur, all that stuff. What would you choose? It's common sense. And yet, something within us resists that choice. Something within us holds back. I pray that God would move your heart to open your eyes to embrace a loving Savior. God isn't there to ruin your fun. He's not going to rain on your parade. He's not up there with a big hammer saying, Oh, good, now you're mine. I'm going to squash it like a bug. God wants your best. He knows you better than any. He knows you better than yourself. And he desires for you to put your faith, your trust in him. As believers, we need to be reminded our citizenship is not here. Seventhly, our eternal reward awaits us in heaven. Matthew 5.12 says, Blessed, Jesus said this, Blessed are you when you are persecuted, for great shall be your reward in heaven. Your reward isn't here, beloved. The reward is in heaven. And we are rewarded when we're persecuted, when we're, we deal with different things down here on earth as believers. God blesses us, and he has a reward for us in heaven. You know, what's the reward? The Bible speaks of crowns. The Bible speaks of sorts of things. But you know, it's interesting that he keeps it in heaven for us. You know, I know that with my grandson, my daughter, sometimes she'll give him something or promise him something for good behavior and say, hey, you know, if you eat your dinner tonight or if you, you know, behave in church, whatever. You know, maybe we can go do this afterwards or, or you can get this thing or whatever. Well, he, she doesn't just give him the thing before the action is completed. You know, he's got to perform something. He's got to eat his dinner. He's got to do something. Same, same way with Sophia. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of important to understand that, you know, our reward is not here on earth. And there's a good reason. Because it could get burned up if it was. Because this place is going up in, in smoke and fire. Eventually, it's not going to be around forever. You know, that's why I just laugh about all this global global warming stuff. You know, I mean, you ain't seen global warming yet, okay? And when you do, you, you, trust me, it's not going to be around very very much longer after that point. The Bible speaks of of just the ultimate destruction of this whole place that we know, and there's going to be a new earth and new, and so it's something to look forward to. But our reward is in heaven. Also, our master is in heaven. Ephesians 6, 9 tells, reminds believers in Ephesus that their master is there. The master is in heaven. Okay, our master is in heaven. In other words, we, we, we get our, our, our shots, call, call the shots to us from, from God. We don't do our own thing. Um, so important that we understand that. And then the last thing there, our treasure. In Matthew Chapter 6, verse 19 to 21, Jesus said, The only treasure you'll ever possess forever is there. Um, so when you think about heaven, you're, you're really to identify with the place where the Father's there, the Son's there, the Savior's there, our brothers and sisters in Christ are there, our names are there, our inheritance is there, our citizenship, our reward, the Master's there, and of course, God himself is there, and our treasure is there. And if you sum all that up, where should our home be? Our home is where? In heaven. It's not here. And that's why the Apostle Paul over and over again says, we're strangers. We're pilgrims. We're aliens in this world. That should be our attitude. I mean, think about it. If you were visiting a foreign country, 
Say you, you went to France or something on vacation. And you were visiting there for a week. And during that week, you know what? They had massive riots in the streets and it wasn't very much of a vacation. You had to stay in your hotel the whole time. It'd probably be a concern to you. But you know what? Wouldn't be that big of a concern. Why? Because you're leaving in a week. You're out of there in a week. It's not your country. You're back here in the United States and you know, let, let that stuff happen over there. It's not going to affect you when you're out of there. All right? We have to remember that, that this place here is a temporary place for us. This world is temporary. We're like space travelers who were on a planet and we're not our own. and we're, we're, We don't belong here. We just don't. Every time somebody in this world meets us, they're meeting alien beings. Now, I'm not talking weird. Some people, you know, church people are weird people. Yeah, they definitely are aliens, okay? And rightly so. Some of us are, probably. But we, we need to be normal people and yet understand that our citizenship, we're alienated here in this world. And we've arrived here, but our home is somewhere else. And if you stop and think about it, ask yourself this question. Just these, these thoughts. Everything we love is in heaven. Everything we cherish is in heaven. Everything we value is there. Everything eternal is there. And yet here we are at church in the United States, in this century, trying to grab more of this world. When's the last time you prayed, God, take me home? I can't wait. See, it seems like, you know, for older people, that's probably a normal prayer, you know, because there are aches and pains and whatever. But, you know, what, what's the difference between age? Heaven's heaven. We should look forward to that day. And I'm not saying, you know, you, you go out and run in front of a bus or something. I mean, that wouldn't be a smart thing to do. God would have to teach you a lesson. He'd probably live through the thing and you know, you'd have other issues to deal with the rest of your life. But you know, the important thing is, is that we should be looking forward to what heaven holds for us. A lot of times we, we want to hold out. You know, we, want to, we want to go here yet. We want to do this. We haven't gotten a new car. Not yet. Not yet. We should desire that. There's an old spiritual song that says this. Everybody's talking about heaven. Everybody who's talking about heaven ain't going there. <laughs> and that's true. There's a lot of talk about heaven sometimes. But even that, we've lost our perspective on that. I'd turn that around and say, everybody who's going to heaven ain't talking about heaven. They've lost their perspective. We need to learn to live in the light of heaven. It's a real place with real blessings. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says this, and we'll close with this, We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. What he's saying is, you know, we don't have it tough here. This is it's not a big deal. He goes on in verse 16. He says, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart in spite of all this, though our outer man is decaying. Do you know that? Your outer man is decaying? I mean, you can try to fix it up as much as you want. <laughs> okay? But sooner or later, you're going to be decrepit. You're going to look decrepit. 
That's just the fact of life. That's what's going to happen. And you can plaster, plaster all the makeup you want on your face. It's not going to make any difference eventually. Because the Bible says that this outer man is, is, is fading away. It's funny because we went in to see Lois the other day after her surgery. And she had just gotten a sponge bath and had her makeup on and everything. I said, well, Lois, you look pretty good. She goes, yeah. You know, I, I, didn't want to look, I, I didn't want to look pale. I didn't want to look dead in here. You know, that could be dangerous. So I had to bring some rosiness back. She had, she had herself all fixed up, ready to go. But you know what? Our inner man is being renewed day by day, he says. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comprehension or comparison. In other words, what awaits us in heaven can't even compare to what awaits us, or what we deal with on a daily basis here. And so we need to be reminded of that. And in light of our communion time together, in light of Noni going to be with the Lord, I thought, you know, it's good to stop and pause and say, hey, what about heaven? Let's, let's think about that. Are we really looking forward to spending time, uh, eternity, with the Lord in heaven? Lord, we just come to you. We thank you for the promise of heaven. We thank you for the glory that awaits us there. We thank you for that place that you're preparing even now. And Lord, uh, we thank you that it's a promise. It's not a chance Um, Our names are already there. Our deed is there. Everything is in place awaiting us. And Father, we thank you that you have given us those promises, that we can put our faith and trust in those. We're going to be spending eternity with you. And Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anybody here who has yet to put their faith or trust in Christ, I pray that they would cry out to you. A marvelous look at the preciousness of heaven. What you and I have to look forward to as believers in Christ, the hope of heaven. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area, and if not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. If you would like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth Program, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web, gracefultruth.org. In fact, if you'd like to join us for worship, we do have a map to our church. Again, there at gracefultruth.org. You're always welcome to write to us, and if you'd like a copy of today's program, make sure you let us know when you contact us. The address is 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California, 94061. And again, our website is gracefultruth.org, and that phone number once more is 650-366-9923. Well, to conclude our time together today with a special invitation for a conference coming up at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Once again, here's Pastor Steve Converse. Thanks, Andy. I'd just like to share some exciting information with the ladies in our listening audience. Ladies, we have a real blessing for you coming up on Saturday, October 2nd, here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We'll be hosting women's speaker and author Cynthia Heald for our Fall Women's Conference. Cynthia uses her speaking engagements, Bible studies, and books to encourage women around the world to deepen their relationship with God. I'm sure you're familiar with her popular Becoming a Woman of Bible Study series. 
which include the best-selling Becoming a Woman of Excellence and Becoming a Woman of Freedom. Well, Cynthia has recently also written a brand new book for this series, Becoming a Woman of Simplicity. And that's going to be the focus of our conference on Saturday, October 2nd, here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Ladies, you know firsthand how hectic the world can be today and the demands that are placed upon you. And we'd like to give you the opportunity to break away from your routine for just one Saturday morning and come together for some great fellowship and teaching based on God's Word. Won't you plan on being here Saturday, October 2nd from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for a wonderful time of fellowship and teaching from Cynthia on becoming a woman of simplicity? I'm sure you'll enjoy the time together and walk away with a renewed sense of purpose and commitment to Christ. All the registration information can be found on our church website at www.gracebibleonline.org. Once again, that's gracebibleonline.org. There's a registration form available, so you can simply download it, print it out, fill it out, and mail it to the address indicated. Or you can simply give us a call here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City, 650-366-9923. Once again, the number is 650-366-9923. We hope to see you in October. We once again want to thank you for listening to the Graceful Truth radio program each weekend. And it would be a wonderful encouragement to us to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. Thank you, Steve. And once again, that phone number is 650-366-9923, or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. We trust you'll have a blessed week. We look forward to seeing you again next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Until then, God bless. God bless.